Okay, I'm gonna try to behave. They have a clock on me. I'm gonna read a verse, I'm gonna pray, make a prophetic declaration, it might rhyme, and then see what happens. Does it sound like a plan? I love you all. This is my family. I mean, I've stood here many, 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 many times, but there's something special about standing here right now. Because I've been through a few things since I've seen y'all, and the Lord's been faithful. And I'm so thankful that I'm here because I'm still thanking him. I'm still praising him. Come on, somebody. I'm still giving him the glory. I got a witness somewhere in this room. Come on now. Because he is faithful. And so let me jump into my verse. And if you could help me out and make me feel at home, stand. I grew up in African-American church. I'm as white as they come. I grew up in black church. I want you to read the verse with me. We're going to pray and make a prophetic declaration. Are you ready? Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And if I could get some water, somebody give me some water. It says, let's read this together. And Joshua, let's try it again. And, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for when? When? Tomorrow the Lord will do Just lift up your hands. I'm a real simple, Dr. Violet Kitely style. Pray a simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, help. In your name I pray. Amen. Now get your prophetic bony finger out. Don't sit down. And stick it in your neighbor's face. And tell them, I got a notion that all of that commotion was the necessary motion for your upcoming promotion. Be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. I got a notion woo, that all of that commotion was the necessary motion, hey, for your upcoming promotion. See, don't get me rhyming up in here. I got a word that seemed absurd, but when I heard a shift occurred and I found myself in the place that God preferred. Natalie wanted me to rhyme, so I, it's, you've been asking me to rhyme, so I'm trying to, trying to rhyme. Um, but, uh, you know, if you really, really knew what God is taking you to, then you would be able to rest in what you're presently going through. Because God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And you, yes, you are going to see that breakthrough, for it is about to debut. Can somebody say, yeah, boo? Okay, okay. No more? Are you good? You good? Do you need one more? Or are you good? All right, let me, let, me, let me go white boy rap style here. Um, even though it seemed like illegal voices attempted to make your choices, the truth is the vices with their devices versus God's verses for your life is disguised in something priceless that will release surprises in manifold sizes. Any way you slice this, the heist is over. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to leave it alone. Like, like, like John John said, this is a family reunion. Growing up in, in the black community, I had the privilege of kind of slipping into some family reunions because you knew there was going to be some good food. <laughs> but it wasn't just about 
going to a picnic and wearing a t-shirt. It was about getting around and reconnecting with your roots, like Brian was saying. I tell you, the future was bright here today with Brian and Shalom and, uh, and who else was up here? Isaac and Dr. Johnny. I'm just speaking those things that are not as though they were. They're coming into existence. But a family reunion is a time where you meet your people. You see your people. You meet with your kinfolk. You, you see people who look like you, who come from the same family tree as you. And, and, and you're with a company of people where there are generations in the room, where there are generations that have gone before you that had touched previous generations, two, three, four generations before you even knew who these people were. And then we're with the future generations who are going to touch generations into the future until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So in one room, you could have 10, 11, 12 generation reach. And there's roots. And in those roots, there is identity. There's a sense of history. And there's a sense of destiny at the same time where you realize that history releases destiny and destiny comes back and confirms history. And we realize that we are in an unbroken chain of a message that God has given, an impartation that God has released. And, and, and that's what I feel about MFI when I come here. This is we, it's like Sister Sledge, we are family. Now fill in the blank. Out with the old. No, 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 no. Try try that again. You missed it. Out with the old. You're, no, 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 no. That's not it. Out with the old, in with the older. See, I'm in a place right now where I'm like, I'm not looking for something shiny and slick and new. I'm looking for something that's tried and true. I'm looking for something in the spirit. Come on, somebody. That's ancient. That's worked for a very long time. A move of God. And that's why I love MFI because there's a pure stream. And you look at MFI and you realize that it's like a hall of faith. You know, it's like Hebrews 11 where you got, you got uh, Pastor Dick Iverson. Come on, somebody. And George Evans and David Schock and Violet Kitely and Leonard and Rosella Fox and, and Danny Bonilla. We have by faith. How did they do it? They did it by faith. And then you get to Hebrews chapter 12 and you say, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, come on somebody, you know something, I believe we are in, if you want to preach, I believe we're in a 2 Chronicles 20 moment, there's a confederacy of armies trying to come up against Judah, we're in a 2 Kings chapter 6 moment where God's taking our blinded eyes of a servant and he's blinding the eyes of the enemy and more with us than are against us. I believe we're in a Psalms 2 moment where the heathen are raging. Come on, somebody. And the kings are imagining vain things. But the Lord, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He's like, you think you got this. Come on now, CNN and your evil, evil twin, Fox. Huh. But you realize we're surrounded, and I love that scripture because he says, what does he say? He says, once we lay aside the, the weights and the sin, I love what Dr. Simmons says, he said, what's the easiest sin? It's doubt. And, 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 and he says, but what does he say? He says, let us run. And I believe we're in a moment where God is just a baton passing, 
and it's time to run because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, and so let me just get into Joshua here for a second. In Joshua, I love the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter one, two, three, you get to three and you realize we, I gotta speak prophetically to somebody here, to your house, to your church, we are on the precipice of the promise. We have journeyed, can I talk to somebody? We have come a mighty long way. And we've come to a moment where we are about to step into fulfillment. I'm talking to somebody here. And, and, and here is the book of Joshua, and all of a sudden God says, there's gonna be new headlines, there's gonna be new timelines, there's gonna be new measuring lines, there's gonna be new punch lines. I'm causing you to step into a moment where, where you realize in the book of Joshua, and I love what, 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 what uh, Pastor Frank said the other night, that while they were in the wilderness, they had 42 different stations. Well, you realize when you get into the book of Joshua that there are 42 prophetic fulfillments. Can you imagine that, that for every station of your wilderness, God says, I'm going to cause you to step into fulfillment, after fulfillment, come on somebody, after fulfillment, I spoke my word, I watch over my word to perform it, and you're moving into a place where, where if you look at the book of Joshua, you realize it was probably the closest generation to experience the manifestation dimension in their time frame, and God looked at them, and he said this, he said, you know what, here's my promise, every place on which your foot shall tread, I've given it to you, I'm giving you the, I've given you the promised land but here's the deal I've given it to you but you got to take it I've given you the promise but now you got to possess it you got to take the land that I have given you and so here's Joshua who by the way he wasn't born Joshua he's actually born Hosea and you look in Numbers chapter 13 and you realize that, that Moses renames him. He calls all the spies forth uh, in, in, in Numbers 13 to go into the land. And he calls this man called Hosea, the son of Nun. And before he goes in, Moses says, come here, Hosea. Before you go in and spy the land, I got to change your name. Your name shall be Yeshua, Joshua. And he changes his name. It's amazing because Hosea and Joshua are the same meaning. But the difference is in the punctuation. Because Hosea means God saves. And Joshua means emphatically God saves. Moses had the wherewithal, the wisdom to say, you know what? I need a witness. And I don't need question marks. If you're going to spy out the land and step into the place that I'm calling you to go into, you can't have question marks. you got to go in emphatically and say, God saves. And so here we have Joshua. And we get to this book. And right at the beginning of the book, God says this, and I want to speak this over MFI. If you're going to go where you're going, then your relationships are going to have to change. Your relationships cannot stay the way they've been. You have had a relationship, Reuben, Gad, Issachar, Manasseh, and so on, where you have journeyed together. And that has been the nature, MFI, of your relationships. 
the tribes in the family, your relationships. We've journeyed together for 35 years. But God says, here's what's going to happen now. Here's how your relationship's going to change. You are now going to learn how to possess. Come on, somebody. The land together for each other. And here's how your relationship works. When you get yours, you don't stop. There's two people in this room, I think, awake this morning. Come on now. I said, when you get yours, you don't stop. Because you're going to help your brother over here get his, and your brother over here get his, and your brother over get his, until we all possess the inheritance that God has given unto all of us. Can somebody say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in Joshua, let me just do this verse and then see what happens here. Maybe prophesy for a second and sit down. Because there's somebody stronger coming up behind me. His last name is Strong. And he's marked by God. In verse 5, the scripture says, Joshua said. Can somebody say those words? Joshua can you say that one more time? And just say it one more time real loud. Okay. The book of Joshua is a book of conversations. The book starts out seven times in the book of Joshua. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua. And there's conversations that take place. And then Joshua takes his word and he takes it to the people. He takes it to the leaders. He takes it to, in chapter one, to, to, to Reuben and Manasseh and the half tribes, all the different ones, and Gad. He, he takes it to them and he gives them the word of the Lord. And you get into Joshua chapter three and you realize that the officers went around in the camp and talked to the people and they spoke to the people. And then it says, Joshua said, and right after this verse in verse six, and then it says, Joshua said, not just to the people, but he spoke to the priests. And there's this conversation, this dialogue that is going on. You see, if we're going to transition into what God has for us in this hour, we gotta talk. Because faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so Joshua says these words. I want you to hear this. Sanctify yourselves. Sanctify. I want you to be ready to step into, I'm prophesying to somebody here, this next season in a certain way. You have to dust off whew, the wilderness. Come on, somebody. The journey, the effects of the journey. And you got to step into this place because what you got to do is sanctify yourselves. I want you to match the moment. You don't put on flip-flops and tank tops and show shows to go to a ball. Come on, somebody. you got to match the moment. Sam Walter Foss, he said it like this. He said, bring me men to match my mountains. Bring me men to match my plains. Men with new eras in their purpose and empires in their brains. There's something about matching the moment, understanding what God has us, where he has us, and he says, I need you to match the moment. I need your life to match the moment. Sanctify yourselves. I need your mouth to match the moment. Sanctify yourselves. I need, I need your mind to match the moment. Sanctify yourselves. I need you to match where you, where you are going, and so consecrate, purify. Pastor Joe was talking about last night, righteousness. What's the kingdom? Righteousness, P 
peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's something about matching the moment and preparing ourselves for where we are going. And, and I love it because you go to Exodus chapter 31 and you realize God says, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. But now in this turn he says, you know what? Sanctify yourself. Come on now. Purify yourself. In other words, I need you to get land ready. I need you to get promise ready for tomorrow. And I got to speak to somebody who thinks this is it. Who's got it all wrapped up. You know everything about the seven trumpets and the seven vials and the seven woes. You got it all wrapped up. That's great, but this is not it. It could be 1157. I don't know. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but there is a tomorrow. And there is a church that God wants to raise up. He wants to raise up a glorious bride, a bride without spot or wrinkle. And, 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 so, and so if it takes COVID and it takes other things in this world to get his bride into gear, God's going to do it. He's going to have his way in his church because she is his bride. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can I get a witness up in here? Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Somebody say tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And the word wonders in the Hebrew is pala, P-A-L-A, pala. And it means wonder. It means unusual. It means extraordinary. The word pala comes from the Hebrew word pele. And you find the word pele in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 where Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and he said his name can I go Handel's Messiah on you? His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wonderful. He's Pele. He is wonderful. In the Hebrew, you look at Palal and you realize there's a word that comes out of it. And it's not Halal, it's Palal. And Palal is a word for prayer and intercession. And it's, it, it, the picture of the letters is there's a mouth and a staff. And it means to speak to authority. So you look at Pala and you realize it means to speak to authority to perform wonders. I got to talk to somebody up in here. And miracles. Ha, to speak to authority. To, to converse with the power. To release the power. To, 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 to dialogue with the wonder to release wonders, to, to speak to the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. Come on, somebody. To speak to the king of kings, to speak to the king of glory, to speak to the king who sits above the flood, to speak to the Lord of lords, the, the one who's over all of this, the author and the finisher, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, to speak to the one who has the scepter in his hand. As, as Jacob prophesied in, in Genesis chapter 49, and the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, shall the, and, and to him shall the gathering and the obedience of the people be. There's something about speaking to the one with the scepter in his hand. And you look in the scripture and you realize Joshua begins to say, I need you to sanctify yourselves and get miracle ready. 
There's a certain type of way that we walk and move and live. It's in him we live and move and have our being. Where all of a sudden, he says, I can move through you. See, I believe God's raising up a church, whoo, even in this fellowship, where he says, I'm gonna cause the miracles that I've prophesied over your house. I was sitting in this worship earlier, and I just heard the Lord say, to speak to pastors and churches, and to just say, there are prophecies that have been spoken time and time again that you have not seen come to pass. And it seems like they've been hanging in the balance. And you've been waiting, and you've been wondering, and even sometimes you've been wandering because you've been just saying, God, how long? The Spirit of the Lord says that I'm about to release my word. I've brought you to a place of purity and sanctification and consecration. We had to take some flesh out. Come on, somebody. I had to let you experience a little bit of being crucified with Christ because sometimes we're too American. Come on, somebody. And he says, I need you to come into a place where some of you, I got to release a third world anointing upon your life. Where there's a faith that God can do what he said he's going to do. And he's going to watch over his word to perform it. So, so, so I'm bringing my church. If we can get ahead of the curb and get, get the American, come on somebody, greed and American dream out of us and get to a place where we get ahead and say, you know what, we're going to consecrate ourselves. We're going to sanctify ourselves because God says tomorrow when we step into the promised land, and it's amazing because they were there for three days and the fourth day they went in. And I'm telling you, we've been here for three days. You see, what do you do? Let me say it like this and I'll, I'll, I'll end in a moment. What do you do when you're Abraham and you're in between Bethel and Ai. You're in between the house of God, come on somebody, and a heap of ruins. My Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 that he made an altar. Whew. He said, you know what? In the in-between place, the only thing I know how to do is worship. Come on somebody. In the place where I don't understand what's going on, I'm gonna build an altar. You see, I believe we're in a season where we gotta build an altar. You look at in between moments in the Bible and you look at that where Samson was born to Manoah and his, his unnamed wife and, and he was born in a place in between Zorah and Eshtaol. Zorah means the sting of a hornet and Eshtaol means an answer to prayer. You see, God, what do you do when you're in that place? But I believe we're in a moment, I just want you just to Open up your arms and reach out your hands. Woo! Because the presence of the Lord is here. The glory of the Lord is here. And God is pouring into his leaders, his shepherds in this hour. He gets into Ezekiel and he's like, some of my preachers have been not cutting the grass. Some of my preachers have been letting dung stay in the field. Some of my preachers have been doing this for the wrong motives and reasons. So I'm gonna raise up a priesthood Woo! that is undefiled. I'm raising up a company of people in this hour who are sanctified and holy. And so we stand in the presence, in, in the presence of God like this and we're here in this moment there's downloads that are happening right now. Open up your hands. Open up your heart. 
open up your spirit, says the Lord. Even open up your mouth. For even as you return back to your churches, even this weekend, the Spirit of the Lord says, begin to lay hands on the people. Begin to prophesy over the people. You don't have to wait for the prophets to come to town. Prophesy. Sometimes we say, well, I'm just here. I'm just going to just preach because I know these people. No, you know what? God's going to release the prophetic in your mouth. Man of God, woman of God, you're going to begin to prophesy over people. Guess what's going to happen? God's going to start sending people to the house on purpose, and you better get ready to prophesy. God's going to begin to send people to the house when he knows that your house is going to be a place where people get saved. And you start making salvation calls. Come on, somebody. God's going to release them. And so just lift up your hands because the glory of the Lord's here. There's a fresh anointing for this hour. Let me declare to you prophetically what this hour is. It's the hour of the activation of the saints. So what does that mean? That means that it's also the hour of the activity of the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry does not need to do all the ministry, but equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Because God's bringing his church into a place of maturity. Woo! We're growing up, folks. The church is growing up in this hour. And he says, I'm releasing an anointing for the priesthood of the believer. Where they're going to understand that the word occupation actually comes from the word occupy. And that where they are in their spheres of influence, in business, in government, in education, in entertainment, wherever they may be, that they are occupying until he comes. There's an occupation. Woo! An occupation where all of a sudden we are beginning to anoint our people and prophesy over our people and release pastors in the business arena and prophets in the government educational arenas and, and, and apostles, come on somebody, in, in places that we can't go and we can never reach on our own. But God's bringing the house to a place where we're going to see a release of the priesthood of the believer and they're going to begin to step into their anointing and walk in their purpose in God. And so here's the anointing. Come on, just, just take it right here. Just receive. Woo. There it is. Whew. Somebody just take it. Take it. There's a pure stream being released of the river of God. And everywhere the river goes, it brings life. 